Welcome to the Mysticals Journey Podcast. I'm Anna, and this is Ruth. Howdy! And this is an occult history podcast, and today we're diving into the Fox Sisters, and I don't know anything about this, so I'm coming in perfectly blind. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is gonna be fun. We had Madame Vovatsky fraudster last week. We're continuing the fraudster theme here again this Ouch. week. I love talking about imposters and frauds. It's just kind of fun. <laughs> this is going to turn into just a fraudster podcast at some <laughs> right? point, huh? Well, let's dive in. Let's do it up. So back in March 1848, two sisters, super young ladies in Hydesville, New York, pulled off what they thought was probably a hilarious prank. Oh, good. There's this teenager named Maggie Fox, and her younger sister is Kate. And they went around claiming that some spirit was chatting with them by knocking on walls and furniture in their house. And when their mom asked how many kids she had, the spirit supposedly wrapped out the, the correct number. So that's kind of crazy, right? Creepy. <laughs> Even one of their neighbors heard these strange sounds, and soon enough, word got out that something weird was going down at the Fox residence. Ooh, okay. Oh, this, yeah, this does, this sounds like some hilarious hijinks that are about to happen. Truly. It feels like it could be a sitcom. The Fox Sisters. <laughs> it could be a sitcom. And then it turns out there's actually a ghost in the house. Right? So here's the kicker. Maggie and Katie weren't talking to spirits at all. I bet you're shocked to hear that, Anna. So shocked. <laughs> no, they were just making these noises by cracking their knuckles, toes, and other joints. Whoa, okay, that... I'm impressed simply because I can't crack my knuckles I can crack cue. every knuckle. I can crack every joint. When I read this, I thought, obviously, this is the career path I should have taken. Yeah, come on, Ruth. Where, where's the magic now? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So then Maggie spilled the beans about this little prank 40 years later in 1888 Ooh. to New York World Magazine. And by then, what started as like just a childhood joke had spiraled out of control. The sisters, now they're super grown up and they're like literally famous mediums and like have sparked a social religion. And their seances and this whole spiritualism craze, they ignited, took the United States and Europe by storm. All based on the idea that Ligman folks could actually talk to the dead. Isn't that wild? Yeah, when your childhood prank goes out of control and it suddenly causes a spiritual movement. Yikes. <laughs> Such a surprise spiritual movement. Surprise! We just, like, shaped spiritualism for a decade or two. It's fine. <laughs> oh, so funny. So here's the story of what went down. Exactly. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. So back in, like, March 1848, the Fox family was having a pretty rough time. The whole month, they were bothered by these loud thuds and cracks that kept jolting them awake before the crack of dawn. And by March 31st, John and Margaret Fox, the parents, had had enough of it. They were not down to clown. And they decided to send the girls, Maggie and Kate, to bed super early at 6 p.m. Just hoping to, like, get some much-needed sleep and give oh, no. them a break from all, like, these nerve-wracking noises. They just wanted it to be over, so they wanted everybody to go to bed. Then when it does happen, everybody's rested up, you know? Sure, sure. 6 p.m. That's rough. <laughs> it truly so as soon as the sisters hit the hay, the cottage turned into a symphony of weird noises. Knocks, mm. creaks, you name it, it was happening. It was like some like invisible force was playing hide and seek, following the girls around. And Margaret convinced that there was uh, some devilish stuff going on, 
sent John to round up the neighbors for backup. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, please tell me the sisters were like, you know, it's always suspicious when it's like the sisters went to bed and then the noises started. Like, is no, that what we're man. thinking happened? No? Okay. 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 Here we go. Here we go. Oh, no. So that night, the Fox's bedroom became a gathering spot for all the curious folks in the neighborhood, standing uh-huh. wide eyed in the candlelight while the mysterious knocking continued. And one neighbor, William Dussolaire, uh, even started talking into thin air, throwing questions out there, and he would get knocking replies. But he called them like raps, like something mm-hmm. was rapping and replying. Turns out the spirit causing the ruckus claimed to be a 31-year-old peddler who got murdered for 500 bucks and buried under the fox's house by a past tenant. Okay, that's a lot of detail for just a bunch of knockings. <laughs> Isn't it? It's amazing. So nobody in the room knew who this unfortunate guy might be. And even though the fox's son, David, had the bright idea of going through the alphabet to like let the spirit spell out words, they never asked for its name. Oh, come on. Yeah, right? I, that would have been the first place to start. At least like a, a last name at the very least. Yeah, come then on. you can check like prison records or like yeah. banking statements, something. Jeez. We'd be great ghost hunters. That's what we I think. We would be the <laughs> best ghost hunters. I think we should give it a shot. I think that's why ghosts don't haunt us. They're like, no, they ask too many questions. <laughs> I know, right? They want to figure it out. It's like, a, that's I, I swear that's the reason why aliens have never visited me. It's because yeah. I want it too bad, you know? I think, you know, I think that's valid. Actually, my grandmother was similar. So my my grandmother's brother, so I guess that's like my great uncle. I don't know how that works. You know, my grandmother always was very like believed in, you know, something else was out there. She didn't have like yeah. super defined beliefs about what was out there but she like believed that people could contact you from beyond the grave <laughs> type thing and she was so pissed because when when her mom died her brother the skeptic is the one who like woke up in the middle of the night and was like saw his mom like in their <gasps> house and was and you know he was like mom you're supposed to be at the hospital right now how did you get here and like she was like i just want you to lo- know that like i'm gonna be okay like i'm gonna be fine and, and it was like, my my grandmother, she was just like, are you kidding me? You're the one who's been telling me the shit isn't real, and mom doesn't even come and visit me when I wanted it. Like, that's the best story I've ever heard. That's exactly the situation over here. That's what I think. I think that, like, you and I should really try, because I think we, we should try. give it a shot. There's got to be something. If we try enough of these things, like, if we tried astral projection, Let's like try that together sometime and we'll see if we can make it happen. We got mm-hmm. to do it. I keep being told by other people in my family who are more superstitious than me that that this shit runs in my family. She's like, yeah, like really? my mom told me my great grandmother on my dad's side, like had psychic abilities, but like refused to talk yes. about them because she was spooked. And I'm like, OK, I'm here for it. It's like. Look at it. Look at me. Look at what I'm right. doing. World, <laughs> we're researching all of this. I'm here for it. Are we, we just it. the generation that it skipped in our family lineages? Ah, that That'd be, be so, so frustrating. Mean. You're like, I'm here. I'm trying. I've got cards. I've got candles. literally. <laughs> we're into it. We're here talking about it, trying to find the truth, but it's just like not happening, and that's like, the no. most frustrating part. <laughs> the people who want it shouldn't get it. Just right? the people. <laughs> just the people who don't. Exactly. So in the weeks that followed, locals started remembering a young peddler passing through the area a few years back. 
but no one could pinpoint exactly when. Some even swore that David found bones and human teeth while digging under the summer one house, or the summer, the house one summer. Jeez Louise friggin' words. <laughs> Uh, but they apparently he found some bones and some human teeth digging under Ooh. the house. So someone died under there. Somebody <laughs> died someone, under there. Someone died under there. Was it? And it was human. It yeah, was human. Maggie and Kate are like, "Oh hell yeah, we just lucked out, man." <laughs> Soon enough, fantastic stories and fuzzy memories turned into a thick web of myths, giving people an intriguing alternative to plain old facts. Great. That's just what happens. That's just human nature, you know? That's just, yeah. Yeah. Just like, cool. I don't. Mm. <laughs> it just seems so simple when we get to look back on it in history. They're like, yeah, just do some, like, tricks and then you've got a cult following. I know. Truly. It really does. So fast forward a bit and word about the Hydesville haunting spread like wildfire across the state. The Fox's eldest daughter, Leah Fish, was a music teacher in Rochester. And she heard about it happening from an excited student reading a newspaper report. She didn't even hear about it from her own family. Oh. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that speaks a lot to the dynamics in the Fox household at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that tells me a lot right now. Ooh. So when Leah got to the family home, they had all escaped to the, their like friend's house in a neighboring village to dodge the crowds wanting to meet the girls who supposedly talked to the dead. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The paparazzi. <laughs> the paparazzi from the 1800s. Oh, looked very different. They didn't have cameras, so, you know, they just, I don't know, had notepads? Like, what are they expecting? <laughs> Being a looky-loo is, like, the oldest hobby in history. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but Leah her older, put her older sibling hat on and realized that her siblings were pulling a fast one. Uh. And Maggie and Kate spilled the beans to her. They had mastered the art of cracking their toes without anyone noticing. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, no. And they found when, like, they did this on, like, wooden surfaces, the raps would sound like they were coming from, like, some mystical realm. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's, like, specific wood specifications, like it only <laughs> happened on oak. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, the wood has to be this type, and it has to be, like, formed this way. Yeah. I, lo I love that, like, the older sibling is the one that came in and was like, come on. Sitcom. This is a sitcom. Literally. I know. It's a sitcom. And so then Leah, she could have been, like, furious at the deception, but she also saw an opportunity to turn things around for the Fox family. Oh, no. I know. She had, with some entrepreneurial flair, Leah, Maggie, and Kate set up shop in a house in Rochester. By the Here way, the is. parents still don't know the truth of what's going on. I love that they kept this all a secret from the parents. They're like, no, I we know. got it. Like, sorry, they can't be in on it. We know that they'll just, like, shut it down. Exactly. And so for a measly dollar, visitors could join them for a seance. And it became mm. an instant hit. The Fox sisters' fame as spirit mediums spread like wildfire, and they were soon performing in packed theaters across New York, New England, and beyond. It marked a shift in how people viewed the paranormal. Back in the day, claiming to talk to the dead might get you burned as a witch, but like, okay. turned out now in the mid 1800s, it could turn you into showbiz celebrities. <laughs> it's totally fine. We're we're into it now. We need some entertainment. Exactly. <laughs> we just need TV. Once TV came along, the ghosts went away because everyone was entertained. That's exactly what, that's my hypothesis. <laughs> Most folks believe the Fox Girls were the real deal, 
But Maggie in particular faced some like super scary situations because of their claims. Hey. Uh, one time in Troy, New York, she even dodged like an attempted kidnapping Ooh. by a group of men offended by the sisters' show. For Maggie and Kate, it got to be like just a bit too much. And by November 1849, they tried to call it quits during a seance, spelling out, we w- will now bid you farewell with their toe joints. How, you know, I applaud them. That's like, <laughs> right. The fact that I'm having to remember that they're constantly just cracking their toes and fingers under a table. I know. <laughs> to make this all happen. Like, okay, I can pop everything in my body. Mm-hmm. And, but I can only do it like once an hour. Maybe that's like, still a lot. I know like, it's a I lot, but they're doing it shit. on command, like constantly. Yeah, and the both of the sisters can do it, so there's got to be some sort of like genetic disjointed yeah. thing running. They probably in these got genes. some like weird stuff going on. Yeah, where like their tendons are a little loose or something like that. The ligaments <laughs> yeah. don't quite work well, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and so not everybody was buying what the Fox sisters were selling. Some and... folks called them out as frauds, and a few smarty pants even figured out that they were just popping their joints. Oh, no. I don't know. I, I feel like smarty pants is kind of a stretch here. I feel like it would be more obvious than we would think. I, I would think so, but, you know, some people, when they're so, like, caught up in the moment, that's how, like, sleight of hand works, is that, right. like, you are, like, doing something to get their attention one way so you can slide in and, like, pickpocket or, like, do something else with the other hand. And if you've got two sisters... Right. You got double the trouble. You got two people to keep a set of eyes on. Right. And on the flip side, there were plenty of believers who thought that they were witnessing some pretty legit spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. So before you know it, others jumped on the bad wagon, hosting their own shows, claiming to be mediums, chatting it up with the dead. Classic. The spiritualism crew didn't mess around. They were putting on paid shows that were practically like theater performances at this point. Like fancy lights, music, and seances where like tables would start doing a little dance. Oh, the Fox sisters were basically the rock stars of the scene, and there were plenty of other self-proclaimed mediums getting in on the action. I wonder if they like. I really wonder if other mediums, like, are, were there other real mediums in the mix, or did they all kind of like figure out like, ah, oh, we can work this racket too? You know, kind of like Blavatsky doing the whole like secret cabinet of wonders where there was a fake backing that she could do stuff from the other yeah i mean considering that they sparked a whole religion i'm sure that there were some people who legitimately thought that they were mediums or had some you know something bias towards intuition that could you know say some some things that were somewhat true Mm -hmm. but i i would think that most people hopping on this bandwagon we're probably just like, you know, other fraudsters cashing in on the moment. <laughs> oh, man, that must be tough to be like one of the ones you're like, I really believe this. And you just like go to a convention of just mediums. They're like, so what do you use? I use my knuckles. Oh, I got a guy <laughs> in the back behind the wall that knocks. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It would be frustrating. It would be wildly frustrating if you're one of the real ones. And you're like, oh, it oh. really would. <laughs> Yikes. So some stage magicians weren't having it and made it a point to expose spiritualists as fakes. Shout out to Harry Houdini for making a name in that game. He Mm -hmm. really went hard at spiritualism and fake mediums and all that sort of thing. We should do an episode on that one day, though it's not very, very esoteric. But it is a pretty crazy story. Like, basically, he had like a whole crew of dudes 
that like other magicians that went through to all these spirit mediums and debunked them. And my favorite one was, well, yeah, they'd all like verify whether or not these people were legit in what they were claiming. And my favorite one is um, at one point, like all there was one person that this crew went to and all the rest of the magicians were like, this girl's legit. Like she's Mm. legit. And all and Harry Houdini was like, you guys are idiots. This girl's not legit. Like, why are you guys voting against me on this? Oh, Turns no. out the woman during the seances was given handies to all the dudes at different times. Oh, no. Isn't that was- the craziest thing you've ever heard? It was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just jerking people off. So that way they... Uh, to, like, buy they- them over? To buy them over. You're like, yep, yeah, well, that's the... One of the oldest forms of bribery in the book. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah, that story is actually pretty gross. Later on, we won't get into it, but no, it's pretty but funny. Yeah. But here's the twist with this whole thing: despite all the callouts, people were still eating up the spiritualism vibe throughout the 1800s. It was the mm-hmm. real deal for like a lot of folks back then. Yeah. Lilydale. Yeah, we. I mean, the whole episode. There's a whole ass town dedicated well, to literally it. Literally a whole ass town. You can't live there. We can't. We can't live there. We can't live there because we're not spiritual medium. I know. We're not. Yet. Yet. We're going to do it. We will. It's we'll time. have an unlocking experience that locks unlocks that part of our brain for us one Season day. Season three is us using all of the books possible to try and do, to try and un- unlock these abilities. Exactly. <laughs> and so all of these fraudulent events kicked off the social religion of spiritualism. And the whole mm. deal was about believing that even after somebody kicks the bucket, their awareness sticks around and can be chatted up by the living. And they called this afterlife space the spirit world. And it wasn't seen as like some dull place. No, like spirits were thought to keep evolving there. And yeah. here's the kicker. Spiritualists believe two things. One, that you could get in touch with these spirits. And two, that these spirits were like the next level up from humans, like all wise and stuff. So they figured spirits could just drop some serious knowledge bombs about moral dilemmas, ethical questions, and even spill the tea on, like, God's nature and stuff. And so some spiritualists even talked about, like, spirit guides, specific spirits you'd hit up for some spiritual advice. And guess what? Emanuel Swedenborg is, like, this dude. He's kind of, like, the OG of this whole thing. So you can look him up if you're interested. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I do remember reading about this, where it's kind of like, if you're a medium on earth type thing like here in this reality but then you die like because you like your spirit has i don't know almost like evolved and unlocked powers while you were here like oftentimes you will then be offered the chance to be one of the spirit guides that come yeah talks to media like after you die you can become a spirit guide like it's one of those things yeah i remember you telling us about that in the past episode that seems cool At the same time, it's kind of like, you know, like when you get like to a certain level in your job and you're like, man, everybody's just kind of doesn't really know what they're what they're about. I have a hard time (laughs) believing that it's any different once you pass over in the spirit world. Like, I don't know. Right. I'm like, I'm super curious. Obviously, we won't find out till we get there. (laughs) It's like, I feel like everything because we are humans always still has a very human perspective to it because we just can't like fully imagine something outside of the realm of like oh 
job titles like you right. know, moving like we keep talking about like humans evolving and it's like that's just like another form of getting a promotion and i i feel like there's something beyond this weird like hierarchy that we keep trying to apply to things in the living world there's got to be something else it's weird and i'm sure myself saying all of this out loud is like just making the spirits like taking another box on why ruth's not going to get the opportunity <laughs> to experience oh, all this cool shit they're back there like, ah, oh, that sets you back another six months, Ruth. Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the craze for spiritualism really hit its peak from the 1840s to the 1920s, especially in like English country speaking countries. It had no official text or like a formal setup, but people got into it through like magazines, tours by trans talkers, camp meeting meetings, and the missions of like skilled mediums. Ooh, and fun man. fact, a bunch of big name spiritualists were women. And most of them were all pretty cool about cool causes like ending slavery and getting women the right to vote. Oh, those little chestnuts. Categorically so cool causes. <laughs> Categorically cool causes. Equality. <laughs> we like it. But by the late 1880s, things got a bit shaky. Accusations of fraud hit mediums, and the whole informal movement lost some street cred. That's when formal spiritualist organizations started popping up. And nowadays, you can still find spiritualism hanging out in, like, denominational spiritualist churches in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. So there's definitely people out there keeping the spiritualist vibe alive. Yeah, it seems to evolve. It's, it just feels super loosey-goosey, so it's easier to evolve spiritualism over time than right. it is, say, like, something with, like, a hard-set doctrine and old-ass texts that you have to reference. Yeah, it's true. I think uh, calling it a social religion is good because mm -hmm. it feels like spiritualism has really eked its way into, you know, a lot of other religions as well. Oh, 100%, definitely. And it's, it's very much like if you can make it your own and it can fit into, like, pretty much any kind of culture <laughs> and any, like, yeah, as long as you don't have, like, conflicting beliefs with something that's in spiritualism, it's like, yeah, you can just bring that on in, add it to the mix. Yeah, so Anna, you got any ideas for our, uh, our, our, uh, you know, our, fr uh, how we're gonna capitalize on, on this whole thing? Should we, should we get a fraud going? Well, my first thought is that we actually try to become mediums earnestly, and we'll probably figure out some tricks along the way. You know, season three will be us trying to contact them, and then when we get frustrated, we'll probably be like, oh, I figured out how to crack my knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you're a fan of the podcast, we need you to do this so we can find new fans. And so tell your friends and your spirit guides, please put in a good word with them for us so we can unlock email secret us. knowledge. <laughs> yeah, email us on how to contact them, please. Yes, we please. We want, uh, we want to do it. It's, we're the scholar, scholar and moldy. We're the, we're we're the scholar and moldy. Moldy. We're the molder and scully of... Of spiritualism. Come on. Come on. Talk to me. I'm here. <laughs> I have so many tarot cards. Follow us on all socials. Our handles are Sweet Death Inc. and Mystic Full Tarot on all platforms. See you later. Keep bye.